you looking for a high-quality beach and sand scoop? Are you trying to take your hunting to the extreme? How about an American-based company that stands behind their product and everything they sell? Then check out our friends over at Extreme Scoops. John has been making scoops for some time now and makes a quality beach and sand scoop to take your hunting to the next level. Extreme Scoops recently released their new sand shredder that works great in the water and on the beach. And if you're a new Equinox user, you may want to check out his Surfmaster X3 that can trap those small targets you new Equinox users are finding out there. Extreme Scoops company approach is let's do it right. So do it right, buy it once, and go to the extreme. ExtremeScoops.com That's X-T-R-E-M-E Scoops.com Hey boys and girls, we are going to talk about S&W Shooters and Prospectors. What is S&W Shooters and Prospectors? We at S&W Shooters and Prospectors help people find treasure. Did you say treasure? Yes, treasure. Just listen to this amazing review from our happy customer, Jackie Sparrow. Chocolate ship shape and a pleasure to deal with. I was able to buy everything that I needed at prices that were shillings less than others. I found my nine pieces of meat in no time. Savvy? I know you're asking yourself, why should I shop at SW Shooter and Prospectors? Chuck Smalley has over 45 years of metal detecting experience. He works with each customer one-on-one -on -one to customize their setup to match their skill level. So if you have always dreamt of being a pirate, Arr. contact Chuck at SNW Shooters and Prospectors and he'll take a great deal for you. I pass rum, not included. Caution. Please do not operate motor vehicles or power equipment while under the influence of this show. Listening to this show could cause side effects such as bouts of laughter, violent binges of cabin fever, and even dreams of silver and gold. Please be advised. Now that the fine print is out of the way, on with the show. All right, we're back. We're live once again. You are listening to Beyond Sight and Sound, metal detecting and treasure hunting radio for all the really cool digging people out there. And when I look into the chat, I see there's a number of people dropping in. Mark, Chuck, Celeste, uh, Dennis, Bortners, Bills, Mike Lock, Matt. A uh, lot, of, lot of people coming through. Nice to see. Ourselves, there's Scott. Nice, nice, nice. Ourselves, we're uh, fashionably late. Uh, ghost in the machine, so to speak. <laughs> That's all right, though. We're good. We're good. We got it all covered. It's all handled. We're taken care of. Links first and foremost in the chat and the description. Our friends over at Shooters and Prospectors, AIP, Extreme Scoops, Detectives, The Ring Finders, Snoke, The Website, Mind Lab, Manicore Update, Link, Terry Shannon's Website, Midwest Refineries Website. We've got Crazy Spider Adventures, Ohio Metal Detecting, Detect That Outdoors, All Metal Militia, Hopper Hoodlum, Quarter Hoarder, and Ill Digger. 
all on YouTube if you're into the YouTube side of things. And if you're into the Facebook side of things, we've got Metal Detecting Beyond Sight and Sound, Illinois, Iowa Treasure Hunters, Metal Detecting Central Illinois, The Relic Hunters, Detected Outdoors, All Metal Militia, and Detect America. You can catch the DA crew Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, multicasting Facebook, YouTube. That is including the uh, Metal Detecting Beyond Sight and Sound group. Um, let's see here. Uh, some of the best stories I've ever heard were told by Tony Drake. Well, you know, he, uh, maybe he should call in. <laughs> and uh, I think that pretty well covers our links. I believe we're we're it 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 gets us close enough. Anyway. Another thing, we um, we do have a special guest judge on the panel that will be judging these stories tonight. So hopefully you've all brought some good stories. And I found out there there was a little bit of a... Well, it was a surprise for him that then turned into a surprise for me because... We all found out about this about an hour before we go live. So he will be catching the stories via the archive. And he will share his picks with us this coming Sunday. So that gives us tonight and Wednesday to try to get all the stories out of the way. Then this coming Sunday, he will... Uh, he will join in with us and mention who his picks were and we'll have some fun talking with him about his time in the hobby and uh, paranormal investigation and the series 28, uh, 28 Days Haunted from Netflix. So we'll have that going on as well. So he will not be, well, you never know, he could be listening in. But I don't think he will be hearing from him tonight. That I'll just put it that way. So we won't, I haven't mentioned this guest other than alluding to 28 Days of Haunting. 28 Days of Haunted. 28 Days Haunted, that's it. I'll, I'll get this straight. i got to keep checking my notes. Uh, but we will have him in here Sunday. And uh, everybody can figure out who it is then and, and hear from him as well at that point. And you missed it, Mark. We actually played the clip of Five Mile Hollow a few episodes back. So with that in mind, let's try to keep the stories to eight minutes or less in length. And also the prizes are courtesy of Chuck Smalley, Shooters and Prospectors, S&W, uh, which that is to the lower 48th. And uh, I believe first place gets their choice of a one-ounce silver piece. And they also get a pair of digging gloves with that. And second place gets the, or runner-up gets the uh, copper round. So, now that I've got all that out of the way, how is it going, Chuck? It's doing well. Uh, 
kind of sad to hear he couldn't make it on tonight, but that sounds better where we can talk to him about his Netflix series as a paranormal investigator. He's also a good friend of mine. We've hunted together quite a bit, actually. Yeah, and 10 so years got, this year. And he said he'd love to do it, but he's a busy guy. He is a busy guy, and and he did he did give me the option. He could give me a half an hour tonight, but he just so happens to be... He wasn't supposed to know about it. He was supposed to be having a late surprise birthday party. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I told him, I said, well, happy birthday to you, and if I were you, I would go enjoy your birthday party. Happy birthday, and... We'll catch up Sunday. <laughs> well, they better bring their A-games in their stories for a paranormal investigator, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, i got a feeling that uh, some people, <laughs> who knows, maybe their stories won't quite make the grade. We'll and just have to wait and see. And uh, let's see who tells us the best stories. And it's, you know, a fun thing. But if you got a real spooky one, bring it on. Because if you got a real encounter, I'm sure he'll like to hear about that, maybe where. And yeah. they do go yeah. to location and investigate. And he's good at it. And I've been with him when he's done one. And... uh Pretty interesting. The equipment, yeah, it uh, it's neat stuff. So, and he's always up for a good ghost story, right? So you never know, folks. Uh, I'm not saying there is, but there may be brownie points for paranormal experiences. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, the best ones could have a little background haunting going on, a little music, and got to keep it at eight minutes so we better start seeing who wants to call in first right and uh if you get a caller there let's open those lines up buddy and start going on it and i hope there's a lot of them and yeah we've got a couple nights of this so have at it bring we us do bring as us long the a game tell we us a do spooky haunted story we do as long as there's the interaction for it. We'll drag it into two nights if we have to. And obviously, since we've had to change this all around, I know some people were looking forward to dig your plug, but we may have to bump that a week. That's just the way it goes. But we've got yep. the man himself in the house. Candy corn. Hello. Candy corn. How's it going, Frank? Oh, hey, brother Frank. Well. Show. I wanted I wanted to call in early because I'm having trouble talking still. Okay. And the Eagles are on in 15 minutes now. So. Oh, okay. So we better let you get your story out of the way right quick. Well, I wanted to get my story out of the way. So this is this is the first time I'm, I'm telling this whole story. It's not a super scary story. It guys know I told it on our show. I, I lived in a haunted house. I have a million stories, and there's a million people that have lived in that house and have told these stories and it was supposed to be on a, a TV show, but we sold it and it got knocked down. But this was my first experience in this, ha in this house that I used to live in. So the right. DA haunted so, house. Yep. In my, in my haunt, my personal haunted house. All 1988. Right. 
1988, my grandfather died. And if you if you're part of a big old Italian family, it's a very traumatic and uplifting event, man. When when the when the your grandfather dies, so I spent the night, the whole day dealing with the funeral and everything. It was a big, you know, there was hundreds of people there. It's a big event. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I went home. And um, with my, my former wife at the time, I was married back then, 1988. And we went to bed. And as, you know, again, not, not trying to be perverted or vulgar in any way, but as young married couples do, we did that particular evening. And we went to sleep. Uh, I woke up in a dream. I was dreaming. And at the foot of my bed was my grandfather talking. And my grandfather had a very distinct, broken Italian accent, very broken English, very harsh accent, would speak partially in Italian and partially in in English. And he kept saying to me, um, little Mikey's here. Piccolo Piccolo Michele's here. Very happy. The one thing I remember about seeing my grandfather in this dream, he was very, very happy. He kept talking about little Michael being with him and had no idea what that meant. But it was a dream. It was very nice. It was nice to see my grandfather in, in, a, in a good mood, happy. Kept telling everybody everything is okay. Tell everyone everything is okay. And I would go back to sleep and I'd wake back up and I'd, I, he'd still be there. And this happened two or three times in this dream. And then I heard a blood-curdling scream. Scream, I mean, scream, terrifying scream. And it was my former wife at the time, not sleeping. Was not a dream. She woke up, saw what I saw, and literally lost her mind, freaking out down the steps. Um, my, she moved out of the house for a week because she wouldn't be in the house. So what I thought was a dream, she saw, and it scared her so bad that she that literally moved out of the house for a week. As for the little Mikey story, there was no little Mikey that I knew of until my son, my son was born two weeks late, 10 days late. Nine months and, and 10 days from the day I saw my grandfather, and he told me little Mikey was with him. My son was born, Michael. So that's my that's my spooky, scary story. I thought it was a dream. My ex-wife saw it. She refused to talk about it until the day she died. Um, my son has tried to talk to her about it a million times, and she just she refuses to. But we saw awake. What I thought was a dream was not a dream. She was awake. I was awake. We saw my grandfather telling me that my, my future son was with him and tell everybody everything is okay. Wow. And then the, the house went on to have a million more stories down the road. But Wow. So that's my that's my ghost story for tonight. Well, Way to set the bar story. there, Frank. Fantastic. What's that? Way to set the bar yeah. there, buddy. Yeah. And uh Yeah, it, it was it was that was my first, I I was a total I'll laugh at you and make fun of you if you talk that you believed in ghosts until that night and then everything <laughs> changed that night and a whole bunch of other stuff happened in that house so i ultimately moved out of it wow but that's my story i hope everybody enjoyed it yeah well thanks Nick, and, and 
good on you for calling in. You're still a little rough on the voice. Right. Yeah, slowly but surely, but, man, it's just, it just won't go away. It's oh. going to be shot by the end of the Eagles game, though. That's why he called in now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope they just I hope they just open up and chill Miami. I don't have to shout and yell. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you. All right, guys, let's go. All right, thank so you. we got Da's story of his haunted house and little Michael. All well, right, guys, see you. Thanks for the story, yeah. Frank. Enjoy yeah. the game. And we've got. Scott McClurry on. How's it going, Scott? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? All right. Good, Scott. How'd you like your uh, hunt down there? Loved the hunt down in Arkansas. Had a great time. Uh, found a bunch of stuff. Uh, got 12 prize tokens. I was really happy. Yeah, I guess Excellent. it sure brought him some luck. Yeah. Yeah, my Beyond Sight and Sound shirt. Uh, the first day there I got four tokens. And then the second day, I put on my Beyond Sight and Sound uh, Sight and Sound shirt. That's hard to say. And uh, I end up getting uh, double what I got the first day. So uh, thank you very much for uh, letting me win that a uh, <laughs> couple years back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> see, nice, nice, definitely. Well, if you're ready for my story, I'm ready to share it. I'm ready whenever you want to go. Shoot. Okay. Well, this story is not legend. This story is not lore. This story is absolutely true, and it happened to me. About oh. 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, I was still working as a sheriff's office, and I was in charge of our crash reconstruction team, which, as most of you know, is uh, the, what the team is called upon when we have a fatal accident. Out of respect yep. for the family, out of respect for the family, I'm going to call this little boy Thomas. So about 10 years ago, we get called to a fatal crash. It involves a little 10-year-old boy named Thomas. Thomas was a avid baseball fan. And as you can tell, this is pretty emotional still 10 years later. So Thomas was an avid baseball fan, died at the scene. His family uh, decided that since he was such a, a lover of, of baseball, they were going to bury him in his favorite brewer's uh, uniform shirt, along with his baseball glove and his hat that he always had with him. They asked us to uh, collect those items from the scene so they could bury Thomas with uh, those effects. We looked everywhere for the glove, could not find it. Searched the crash scene, checked with the paramedics, checked with the coroner searched high and low in the car to literally took the car apart, could not find the glove, uh, put the car into impound about a week later. It's uh, time for the burial. They ask us, would you please check one more time for Thomas's glove? We want to bury him with the glove. And I said, sure. You know, we've checked everywhere, but we'll check again. Another deputy uh, and another uh, person from the crash team, go back to where the car was in the impound lot, which is secured by a uh, chain link fence, which is locked and barbed wire fencing that goes way up high and cameras. And the deputy sticks his head into the car and where Thomas was sitting at the time of the crash, the baseball glove is sitting there on the seat. I can't explain it. Whoa. I can't get my brain around it. We hmm. took the glove out of the car we ran it up there. They were able to get it to the family in time, and they buried the baseball glove with Thomas. And, and that uh, was the end of uh, 
of my interaction with uh, Thomas and how Thomas impacted us getting his glove back to him, I cannot explain. But that is a true-to-life story. Definitely a little eerie. I've heard of things like that, though, and and it just makes you wonder. And it wasn't wasn't like it was a bobby pin. I mean, it was a baseball glove. We tore that car apart. There was no baseball glove in the car. Right, yeah. How do you not see it? You're right. I can't explain it, so... But that's, uh, that's my that's my story. That is definitely interesting. Uh, that gives yep. super super spooky. Yes, yeah. Sir. So and we I got... have been involved in those type of reconstructions. Yep, it, they're thorough. Mm-hmm. So I'll jump off and uh, let some other people call in. But uh, thanks for letting me share my story. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing your story. I huh. mean that. We're getting real-life experiences here. Yep. All right. All right. Take care, guys. So we got Scott and the story of Thomas. Hmm. And the lines are open for the next victim. (laughs) That was good. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Little, Little eerie. Maybe a little creepy to some people, but definitely good. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, too, when they say, you know, it's not legend, it's not lore, this really happened to me. It kind of puts a little more weight to it. That's uh, stranger than one would ever think. Mm Mm-hmm. And how. But I know, uh, oh, let's see, in past episodes, I think we've seen that Shannon was wanting to call in, Barb, uh, maybe even yeah. Ohio Relic Hunter. I still don't quite get that. Barb says he's going to call in, but yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll he, see. He made mention last week that he had a story. I'll believe it when I hear it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Because I don't know. Maybe he's still trying to bring the uh, kiddie pool into the house. Over the years in emergency services, you run into things. Scott did. I have in the past, and I've got a picture that I've never published. Showed it to a clergy, and they just look at me going, where was that? And uh, Firemen dance with the devil been said a hundred times, thousands of times, I don't know. And uh, I got a photograph I took at a fire that, yeah, we dance with the devil. Right. I'll put that on the cover of a book. Right? Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it would be a, a definitely an interesting photo to see. Ohio Relic Hunter says, no, I'm not calling in. I figured as much. Oh, I was looking forward to that. Yeah, it's it's very rare that he calls in. It's it's almost like Santa Claus. Everybody hears about him. Nobody sees him. Don't be afraid, folks. We like to hear this stuff. And, uh, you know, we ran into things all of us seem to have. You know, I, I, I've had a couple experiences in the past that, didn't scare me, but left you a bit unsettled. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I've seen and heard too many things to spook easily myself. So, and Tam says that, you know, she's got the, the real life spooky story. She lives with me and that's enough. <laughs> You've probably heard me talk about Bad Karma Road here, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that, it keeps it keeps on giving from once in a while. So, uh huh, yeah, and and it's it's interesting too because you you see if you look hard enough you see many <coughs> locations across the country that uh, they're also <coughs> that way. And we've got Barb on with us to share her spooky story. And I have so many, so I had. Oh well. I don't... I don't know if it's the scariest, but it, I think it is the one that will give you the weebie-jeebies the most. Okay. So. Well, bring on the jeebies. Okay, so it's at the end, so I'm going to try to be real dramatic, but everything I say is true. Okay. So I was told growing up that my dad had had a heart attack at 30, and... We never really knew because, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of technology back there, you know. And so I go to work one day and, you know, normal day. And I get a phone call at work from my mother. Uh, they called me to the office and said, your mom wants to talk to you. I'm like, well, this is going to be important. So I went and she's like, I found your dad sitting out in the backyard under the clothesline, in a he was just really cold and sweating, and so I got him to the car and took him to the doctor's, which was like a half mile, a mile away, downtown. And he did an EKG, and he said your dad had a little heart attack to take him home and put him to bed. So I need you to come home right after work, and I'm like, okay. So I get off the phone, and my boss says, what's up? And so I tell her, and she's like, oh, no, 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 you're going home right now. I said, okay. I'm thinking, you know, I make a lot of money waitressing. I'm like, you know, you're probably right. I need to go home. So I go home. It took me 10 minutes maybe to get home. I'm still in my waitress uniform, and my mother says, I got to take your brother to work. Watch your dad. Make sure nothing happens. He's in bed. I'm like, okay. So my sister just happened to be visiting from Texas and picks up her baby who was born in April, so May, June, July, August, five months old, and says, let's go see Papa. And off she goes down the hallway to my parents' bedrooms. And the next thing I know, she comes running out of the bedroom, screaming at the top of her lungs with no baby. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I go running down the hallway. I should have set my timer. And uh, looking for the baby because I'm thinking something happened to the baby. And I go into my dad's bedroom, well, my parents' bedroom, and my dad is arched up on the back of the bed, his eyes rolled back in his head, the baby's on the floor, my sister dropped her, oh. and I'm going, 
oh my God, he's having a heart attack. Thank God we watched lots of emergency kind of TV stuff. And <laughs> so I yelled to my sister to call communications. We didn't have 911. You had to dial 693-1212. And I tell her to call it. And she's like, okay, and runs back down the hall. Meanwhile, the baby's still on the floor. I jump on the bed and start doing chest compressions on my dad. And I don't hear anything. You know, she's not that far away. And I'm like, what the hell is she doing? So I jump off the bed and look, the, thank God the door's three feet away, and look down the hall, and she's standing there with the phone in her hand. And I yell at her. Just call them. Well, she can't remember the number. She's been gone so long. So I run all the way down the hall, dialed the number. The lady says, is this an emergency? I said, yes. We need an ambulance to the Kinnicom's house. My dad's having a heart attack. And I threw the phone and ran back and jumped on the bed and started beating on his chest. And the next thing I know, my sister's like, they're here. And she runs to the door. I just, oh, I forgot. My grandmother walks in. Why? I don't know. She lives out front. It's dark. It's, you know, and she walks in and looks at me and goes, you know, you got to breathe for him and starts giving my dad mouth to mouth. And I'm like, oh, duh, I forgot that part. Uh, I wasn't trained. I'm, I'm 19 years old and she didn't like my dad, but she gave him mouth to mouth, which was really cool. And so as I run down the hall, it's Officer Smith who comes flying through the door. If I hadn't opened it, he would have went through the door and asked, where is he? And runs, I tell him the bedroom and he knows where that is and runs down. And I jump on the bed and start doing CPR. And he's like, Barb, you need to take him off the bed and literally throws my dad on the floor not realizing his 110-pound black Labrador is at the foot of the bed and almost took his arm off. If I hadn't have grabbed his collar and wrapped my arms around the bedpost, he would have ate that cop. And Rick did CPR on him, and they leave and get my dad to the hospital. Well, they gave him a 25% chance of living. If he lived 24 hours and every 24 hours, it increased 25%. And when they got to 75%, they said, we just don't know after that. So my dad was in a coma for 10 days. Mm. No response. I mean, he was alive, but he wasn't alive. You know, he wasn't brain dead, but he wasn't, you know, with us. And I would go every day and a couple times a day. We took turns. He was in the ICU. They never shipped him to the mainland. He's in, you know, a two-bed ICU. And on Three Martha's Vineyard. Oh, okay. And uh, I think it's because they didn't think he would live that they never shipped him to Boston. And... So every day I go and I sit on the side of his bed and I talk to him and say, come on, dad, you got to wake up. And on the 10th day, I sat on the side of the bed and I said, dad, come on. And the nurse is like, everything looks good. We just don't know. 
And my dad opened his eyes and looked at me and said, who did the ambulance come to pick up at the house? And I said, what are you talking about, dad? And he said, I was sitting on the tractor trailer when the ambulance pulled in the yard. And I said, and we... And we have a a semi-tractor trailer that we use for our business. And I said, Dad, that ambulance was there to pick up you. And he looked around and the nurse looked at me and she said, you hear this stuff all the time, but this is the first time I've ever heard it personally. And it took my dad like five minutes to realize he was in the hospital. It, the ambulance had come for him, and he saw it. And that's it. Wow. Out-of-body experience. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I mean, those were the first words out of his mouth when he opened his eyes, was who was the ambulance at the house to pick up. Well, there you go. All right. And, and she managed to get it in under her eight-minute deadline. <laughs> well, I had to give the whole story, you know. Right. And, and one other thing, we want to thank Gary Earl with Capital Prospecting for donating a simplex to the kids' giveaway, and Ooh. good night. All right. Yep. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the story. Yeah, that was, that's, I've heard those before, those out-of-body, near-death. And that was, there was another link in, all the links in the chat in the description, and that was the link for the Kids' Great Christmas Giveaway Facebook group. So that's still going on, and we're hoping that everybody gets their small items, whatever packages they're putting together for Barb to her by, you know, the... 16th of November or so. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So we've got uh, Barb's uh, near-death experience, or not Barb's, but Barb's father's uh, near-death experience, I guess. This should be interesting. Oh. (laughs) We've got Mike Laquamette. Oh no! Maybe if you. But it's a good one. We can hear you. I, I'm just. (laughs) We could hear him. Maybe he's a little tongue-tied. I broke up, Mike. You might have to call back in, buddy. I don't know. He, He was there. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm here, but I'm hearing myself in delayed mode. Hmm. May have to uh, turn your speakers off. Turn your turn your headphones off or down. Mm-hmm. I'm. Just... Is he skyping it? Yeah, he's trying to adjust his audio now. Or. It may help if you take one headphone off of your ear. I have only one headphone. Oh, okay. Well, I can... 
I can mute my mic, and then that will give you floor time to talk, so you won't hear me, and then you'll just have to not hear you. <laughs> Would it help if I dropped off? No, no, it's just, it's it's something that happens sometimes with the callers. Um, actually, he's trying to call back in. He dropped off, and then he, he's coming back in, so... We'll uh, see if that helps him any or not. So we've got him back. There you go. Uh, I'm I'm hearing double talk. <laughs> right. You guys are talking over each other. Yeah, it, it happens like that sometimes, but I'll mute my mic out so you can go ahead and tell your story. This takes place about, oh, the summer between 7th and 8th grade for me. So it's quite a while back. And we had uh, uh, been invite, invited to... I'm still hearing myself. All I can say is take a, take the headphone off or stuff a cotton ball in the ear. I mean, it does happen sometimes. Does it sound okay on your end? Yeah, it, it sounds fine. You just have okay, to I'll just, uh, kind I'll, of... I'll talk tune. through myself. Right, exactly. Okay, uh, at any rate, uh, I'd been in, we'd been invited to go with the neighbors... Uh, they were a member of the light club, and we were invited to go swimming with them. So I was really excited about it. I was thought about it that night before I went to bed. And I had this dream about we were at the lake, and there's a big hill that leads down to the lake. And I heard a, a, a car horn honk. I looked up at the top of the hill, and here's this old vehicle, and it pulls down. And uh, this gal that I knew and her two sisters and her brother, they get out of the car and they walk around and walk into the uh, uh, water and they walk by me. And as they walk by, I say hi. And that was the last I remember of the, the dream. So the next day we went, we, we got ready and went to the lake. And I was wading out in ankle deep water, just like in my dream. And suddenly I heard the car door, a car honk. I looked up at the top of the hill, and here's this old car. And it pulls down, and the very same people are in my dream, the young woman and her two sisters and her brother, get out of the car, and they walk over, and they come down into the water, I walk by me, I say hi. It was like deja vu because everything that had occurred in my dream acted in real life for a span of about five minutes. They were identical. 
And it was like I, I couldn't move, I couldn't talk until I said hello. I was just immobile watching this scene unfold before me. So that was it. So I'll let you go. <laughs> okay, so we've got Mike and his premonition between 7th and 8th grade. That works. Thanks for the call, Mike, and uh, sharing the story. And I think Mike was having a little bit of trouble figuring out how to uh, get disconnected there. I don't know. We'll see here. So we've got Chuck back, which that was, I mean, Mike just had to, the echo, sometimes the echo pops up sometimes on the other end for people yeah. calling in over the phone and they just have to, it, it takes a little bit to kind of tune it out. I'm so used to it that I don't even hear it. Uh, yeah. Selective hearing, I guess. <laughs> Deja vu story. That's that. That you know that can be spooky in its own right. Yes, Somebody it was... can. Yeah. Oh, and we've got another one on. It's been a while since we've seen her. How's it going, Miss Lauren? Oh, good. Hi, Lauren. Hello. How's it going? It's All right. Well. Uh, I wish my shoulder was in better shape so I could be out detecting, but right. Oh, well, well, you know, it's, hey, when when yeah. it's sore, that you can always uh, set indoors and share some spooky stories. Yeah, I have a torn rotator cuff, right rotator cuff, and I had an injection Monday, and it still hasn't taken effect. So, Ouch. Pretty disappointed. Surgery yeah. might be next. Painful, painful. Definitely. Can I tell two? One's a short one. Well, it won't get you an extra entry. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell us some stories. Okay, the first one was when I was younger, and all my, I'm the oldest of three or four girls. And um, on a Friday night before U of I home football game, that night, I had a dream that there was a plane crash at Willard Airport, um, which is in Savoy, where people come in for the U of I game, and um, some people were killed. And so that kind of upset me. But when I got up the next morning, I told one of my sisters about it. And then later that day, there was a plane crash there, and four people were killed. And she said, how did you know that was going to happen? Clairvoyance. I don't know. That was the, that was a weird one. But anyway, the scariest thing that happened to me happened this year before the crops got in. There oh, was, okay. There was... Um, the northern lights were supposed to be able to be seen from here in central Illinois. And I mm -hmm. live in a very small and only a block away is 
out of town, you know. But I decided to drive three miles out into the country and turn up, and I'm by myself, and turn up this country road that I'm familiar with. And when I made that turn, I saw something run in front of me, and I thought it might have been a deer, ran into, you know, an empty field. So I got out of the car with my phone because I wanted to see if I could see him and take pictures. Um, and then all of a sudden to the left of me came around my car was this howling and barking and coming at me and I was scared to death and I run to the, I started yelling and saying some choice words and I, cause I had no idea what it was. And, um, so I go to my car and why I locked the car door, I don't know. I'm out in the country by myself. There's no one there. <laughs> so this thing is still barking at me and howling at me and sounded vicious. And um, I finally got in the car and I rolled down my passenger side window just a little bit because I didn't want it to jump in the car. and um, and I filmed it then, and you could hear the sounds it was making. Mm. And I posted it on Facebook, and I'm shaking right now as I'm talking about it, um, that it was a coyote. A coyote came after me. Ooh. Yeah. And luckily, it wasn't a pack of coyotes. And after that, I did research about coyote attacks. That they usually won't attack, a single one won't, but a pack could. Right, normally coyotes are pack hunters. Yeah. Yeah, but what you should do is have like an empty milk bottle or something and fill it with rocks and make a lot of noise so they run away. Right. But, yeah, so, yeah, it was dark, pitch dark out there, so... Needless to say, I was very scared. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, right, rightfully so. <laughs> Out in the middle of nowhere, not, late at night, you can't tell what's coming at you. No, and I learned my lesson. I will not go out in the country by myself at dark, at midnight. And don't lock and the car get... door. <laughs> right. I mean, I Engine running. Lock, lock uh... the car one sentence that will spook you for the rest of your life on that right oh yeah yeah. okay and the way Mark talks I guess we'll call that Lauren's Chupacabra story yeah I was (laughs) Chupacabra and what um, I will do is I will post the video on Beyond Sight and Sound so you guys can hear nice okay all right. Okay. Thanks All for right. the call, Lauren. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, I've uh, I've been out in areas like that myself, where I mean, sometimes you'll you'll hear them coming, but you're just not sure what it is that's coming. <laughs> right. 
And that's right. the uh, that's the scary part. That's the unsettling part. Is is that not knowing that well, Celeste uh, is going to be calling in? The story she says isn't really scary. How do you know it may be very scary to somebody? Yeah, I Give mean, us a last I don't, I don't know. Some people might say that they're pretty sure living with Frank is pretty scary. give us a ring last of course who knows everything in florida is trying to kill him it's a wonder part of spacex didn't fall on his house they did have that that uh launch the other night and the uh the northern lights that she was that lauren was talking about that was supposed to i was all upset about that that was supposed to be viewed from 17 different states even as far east as indiana and michigan but not ohio and it's like oh come on that just ain't fair well hmm and let's see, Celeste and Phil, Shannon was telling him to call in. I did see that she was telling him yeah. to call in. I mean, on, Phil. I know he's always got <laughs> stories, though. There we go. There we go. a whole bunch under. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who do we have? Is it me? Yes, it's you. It must be. It's Celeste. Oh, Hi, Celeste. okay. How's it going, Celeste? Hi. It's going well. Good. You sound like you're still having problems with the uh, influenza, too. Yeah, I'm still coughing and stuff, but we're getting over it. So we got to hurry up and get ready for Alabama. Right. That's right. Got to be ready for Masters of Metal. Yeah. All right. So what's your scary story? I don't think it's really scary, but it was just kind of really weird. Is it scarier Um, than a poisonous killer flower pot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, my mother and I were in Ireland several years ago, and every time we go to Ireland, we try to go find, you know, my grandmother and grandfather's grave. And it's a big cemetery. So, we're always walking around wondering where it is. So, at the same time, my mother's taking her time to see if she knows anybody, blah, blah, blah. So I I just go over to the, there's a mass burial for the uh, famine, people who've gone to the famine. There's a mass burial, and I was sitting on the bench. And she's taking her time, and I'm just, there was like these six feet tall cow manure bags. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching her and I'm like getting bored and that. So I get up and I'm like, why are there cow manure bags in the cemetery? As I'm sitting there wondering. And so I I, I get to the, so I get up because I was just bored. And I get up and I look at one of the, look into one of the bags. 
And the first bag I look into, there was uh, a bunch of bones. Mm. And so I pick up, I'm looking into the bag and I'm thinking, oh, that's just a bunch of cow bones. So I pick up one of the bones because I'm a nurse. I mean, I don't care. I'm thinking these are cow bones. And I pick mm-hmm. up one of the bones and I'm thinking, oh, this is a cow knee bone. But then as I'm looking at it, I can tell that it's actually a human skull from the orbit. So, mm. <laughs> so I put it back and I'm like, oh, there's human bones in there. So I, I go to the next bag and there are like two human skeletons. They were like bent over at the waist and they're just in the, you know, the bags. So uh, I move on and I'm like, you know, I don't know what the heck's going on at this point. So then I go over to the next bag and there's like a bunch of kind of rotting clothes and bones and flies and I just I said mom come on in here look at this and you know she had no kind of expression and I'm like oh my goodness what the heck's going on here so I I don't know after a while she says well I'm gonna get a piece of this material and I'm gonna take it home and I'm gonna stick a piece of it you know, because of the old clothes. You could tell they were old, old clothes. Mm. Like somebody's, like, under under their skirt they would wear or whatever. And I don't know why my mother just, we, we, we'll skip all that part. But she wanted to, like, get a piece of that material and stick it in her Bible. So when we go back to the United States, you can stick it in her Bible. And those people will not be forgotten. So that's her choice. You know, I thought that was kind of weird. So she took a piece of the material. And mm. I I did not like, I did not agree with what she was doing. Because you're not really supposed to do that. And I, I don't know, it was just a weird situation. Well, so skip you kind of looked at it as a form oh. of uh, desecration in a sense. Yeah. But they were, you could tell by the clothes that it was very old. Right. Very old, whatever. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So, uh, I told my mother, uh, I'm stopping by the police station. And that's a whole different story, and I won't go there because it makes the story really long. <clears throat> so, we stopped by the police station, blah, blah, blah. And uh, uh, so we we go back to the house, and um, I was just so anyway. It's 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 just very long story. So my mother took that piece of material and she said she wanted to put it in a Bible, and she came back to the states, so these people will not be forgotten. Well, I guess I, I stopped by the police station and they were like, well, when they have these crypts in Ireland, some of them, the very old ones, and when you, they build these little hills, 
you can look in. They have these bars so people can't crawl into them. And when you look in, you can see the skeletons. And they, the police officer had told me that when they, when they were, they were uh, trying to improve the cemetery, uh, the heavy machinery had crushed one of these crypts. Oh. And that's what had happened. But anyway, uh, I'm on a time limit here. Material was out of that crypt, evidently. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Ooh. my mother is... <clears throat> I'm on a time frame here. Uh, so anyway, the next day, my son falls off a cliff. Ooh. We're at a castle, and he falls off a cliff. It's only like a 15, it's like a cliff face, whatever. My son falls off a cliff. Mm. And the next day, my son chokes on a Cadbury finger. Mm. After that. And then the next day, you know, he falls into a pile of, a very deep pile of cow dung. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, no luck. I tell my mother, I said, give me that piece of material back. And I said, I'm going to take it back to there's a nice town and you, you have a nice blessing well. I'm going to bless it. And I'm going to put, I don't know exactly where it was supposed to be because I found it in the commonware bag. But I wanted to take it back to the same cemetery that it was found in and put it back and be done. And when I did that, nothing else happened. But to find all these skeletons and things like that, so that that's and, the story. And take something away and have a string of bad luck. I think that's kind of spooky. Right, yeah. It, it was the most kind of, it was the most, you know, I'm, I'm not into one of believing in that kind of stuff. So it was very kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Too, very coincidental. Very coincidental. Mm, but once point, I yeah. took this piece of material, I took it back to the, a, a few ble- a very blessing wells, and I blessed it, you know. I'm not, very, I'm not a very religious person, trust me. And I took it back, and nothing else happened after that point. My my son, it was like everything was happening with my son, and it was just kind of mm-hmm. creepy. Well, you know, there are other circumstances that you read about about bothering someone's tomb, grave, bones, bodies, and exactly. bad things happening until you make amends with it. So, uh, the Hawaiian Islands, the volcano, uh, was it Madame Pele? You're not to take anything from her volcano. You're to exactly to her. Well, if you take something back, people have literally died because of it. Right. And that's why I I believe you never go to shopping in this cemetery. No, I think you did the right thing. Here. You got it back. I'm sorry. Right. So I'm not. I've, I've never had 
uh, or experienced before like that in my life, and I truly believe And don't plan to again, the way it sounds. Out there. And once they put that piece of material back, nothing else happened after that. It could have been coincidental. It could have been. But my son falls off a cliff. He chokes on a Cadbury finger. Well, he falls into a some, pile of cow dung. Sometimes just because you can't prove it doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Sam says that's spooky. Nope. That, that is. I, Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Liam and Maggie and Joe Bob may not all be together. They may be mixed through a few different bags now. Yes, true. <laughs> uh, that's another, that's, you know, for me to explain what happened to that is a whole, is another story. I have to tell you in person because that's a whole new story. Well, we'll have okay. to catch that sometime what along with the Bill sighting Bob, of the King Town. Well, it's. Yeah, we may repeat this because right now we're sitting with seven seven pretty good stories that came out tonight, and we've and, got uh, another one on the line. Okay, we better. I've never believed in stuff. So anyway, good night, boys. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for the story, life. Celeste. And I hope you get thank all you over that blue and get over that <laughs> yeah. cold. Yeah. So Celeste Hopefully. and her bags of bones. Yep. Bags, bones. Alrighty, boys. Good night. Good night. Mr. Bortner. Oh, he finally Good called in. in. Good evening, fellas. Good I got, evening, I got a quick sir. one for you. Got a quick one for you. Okay. Well, just make years. sure that this isn't, I married my wife because she lobbed to club you with a skillet. Yeah, she <laughs> already is. Uh, about <laughs> About 15 years ago, we were down in our camper. In front of okay. our zone's about 200 acres. There used to be some old homesteads. A little kid got killed there, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But when we're down there, we like to go down to the creek and look for artifacts or Indian beads or anything like that. So we collect a lot of rocks. And... Shannon used to go out ghost hunting. There's a couple haunted houses, an old, a poor farm that's not far from there. And they go with their little ghost box, boxes and little equipment and stuff and try to get recordings of ghosts. And I said, that's fine. You know, you go out and have your fun. The boy and I'll just stay at the camper. You know, we'll go rock hunting and We'll watch some movies. Well, Shannon and her girlfriends went out one night, ghost hunting. And I told her, I said, you know, go out and have fun. But if any weird stuff starts happening, you're done. Well, the <laughs> next day. Don't bring it back. The yeah. The boy and I went out rock hunting, came back to the, to the camper, and the girls had taken off again on another hunt. Well, we decided to watch star wars and in front of one of our one of our flat screen tvs in the camper we had a line of about 30 rocks about the size of pennies to i don't know probably baseball sized rocks mm -hmm. and our camper was about at the time it was about 28 foot long and you know how fat i am 
when I'd walk through there, the camper wouldn't shake. We had it on a permanent spot. We're sitting there watching Star Wars. We weren't even snacking or anything. And all of a sudden, a rock flew from just one rock out of 30 of them Ooh. from the front of the TV all the way to the bathroom, which is probably 15 feet. And I just kind of sat there, didn't say anything, didn't move, just kind of was watching that rock out of the corner of my eye. And my boy looked up at me. He was about five. So, Dad, did you see that? I said, nah, hmm. we must have moved or something. And I know damn well we didn't. We were watching Star Wars, sitting on the couch. Right. And nothing else happened. But when Shannon came home and her girlfriends, I said, you guys are done. This is my happy place. No more ghost hunting. Not while we're out here. <laughs> That's God's honest truth. One rock. Got up and flew fifteen foot. Little little poltergeist. <laughs> Listen, I I don't know. I, I don't know, but scared the crap right out of me. I'll tell you. Wow. All I know is I put the veto on the ghost hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No more ghost hunting. I think that. I think that's about the last time she did it. So. There you go. Well, hey, good story tonight. Too. I like good that. Good story tonight. Like them all. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, guys. You too, Phil. Thanks, Thanks for, for the call, call, Phil. And the story. Yeah. Good stories. All of them. So we got uh, Phil's Poltergeist Rock, I guess. Yeah. Little... Or little different. Ghost coming to pay homage to him because his wife and daughter stirred him up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Oh. <clears throat> and I see that uh, Travis was going to call in with. Uh, yeah, Travis. We got another. We got another night of this. If you don't want to call tonight, tune him up and give us some Civil War. Ghost yeah, because I've I've heard some of them. They're they're good. They're good. But okay. I think we've got him. How's it going, Travis? Oh well. Hey, Travis. Hey guys. So anyway, I don't know. If... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, that's go anyway. ahead with the story. Anyway, uh, I don't know if I know Josh knows, but I spent about ten years of my life reenacting Civil War. Okay. Uh, as a Confederate, and I've probably been to Gettysburg, I don't know, probably 10 times doing it, whether it was a reenactment off the battlefield, because they never let you ha have the reenactment re on the actual battlefield, or Remembrance Day, which is the anniversary of uh, the de dedication of the cemetery. Okay. And... Uh, Numerous times this has happened to me, and usually it was a group of anywhere from three to six of us heard it all at the same time. Ooh. On the right-hand side of the Virginia Monument, there is a path that goes, walk, goes along the woods, and when you get to the point of the woods at, towards the end of the path, you hear a distinct 
musket click. Like going from, you know, fully down on the nipple and to full cock. Every time I've been to that point in uniform, I hear it. None of us had guns. We're not allowed to carry them out there unless we got a permit. And then you're not allowed to carry ammo or caps. Um, and then that sa- the first time it happened the same day, a friend of mine in 1998 was 135th anniversary. He come up to me. He heard that same thing. And he says, hey, Travis, go, go with a walk for me. And this guy portrayed General Barksdale. And we walked around to the left-hand side of the Virginia Monument, and we were walking out past the monument, just walking around and talking and stuff, and I was a little bit behind him. About four to six times, he'd go, cold spot. Now, this is in July, and it's 98 degrees outside. I'd step in that spot just as he stepped out, it was 20 to 25 degrees difference. Whoa. That's not normal. And and uh, every time he would say cold spot, that would happen. I mean, it, we're wearing wool uniforms, everything like that. It felt like you stepped into an air-conditioned building. Really? But other things... Other things I could explain, like at Devil's Den, there's a parking lot not far away. And if you're if you're out in the slaughter pen or up on Devil's Den, you can hear people slam their car doors. Well, other people think they're cannon going off or gunshots. And I was watching, and every time they would, did you hear that? <laughs> that was a cannon. No, it wasn't. This guy slamming his car door. I just watched it. You know, and <laughs> numerous times we we were the ghosts hiding in bushes and shit in uniform and just stand up when it was dark out. But uh, there was two things I could not explain while I was there. Was and they and they, numerous people refer to that at the point of the woods is what they call it. They think there's a Confederate sentry there still on guard duty. And it didn't matter what time of year we were there, whether it was in July or in November for Remembrance Day, you would still hear that musket go from close to full cock. Whoa. And wow. Yeah. Uh, now, some of the friends I've made, they experienced different stuff being out on the battlefield in uniform, seeing things. I've never seen anything that I couldn't explain, but that sound. And it was distinct metallic sound. Uh, if you ever had a Civil War musket or reproduction musket, you know the sound I'm talking about. Right, you know the sound. And uh, and the cold and then spots. the cold spots. Yes, and in the middle of July, and it's ninety, almost a hundred degrees out, and it's like stepping into somebody's home with air conditioning, right? Well, and as soon as you step in it and step up. But uh, that's my only experiences Civil War-wise. I've had some mysterious things happen after my grandparents died, but like a display case that had all my grandpa's medals, uh, I was researching why his plaque on his his, uh, tombstone said Bronze Star recipient because I had his awards papers and stuff, and it said nothing about it. 
And I was researching on the net why it would say that. And I have a corner shelf that I had the display case tucked in. And it's securely tucked in. You have to actually pick it up and bring it out. You can't pull it out of there or flip it out the way it's in. And that thing came up and flew out about three feet. And it's got a glass front. It's not plexiglass. It flew out about three to four feet and hit a bunch of stuff, but the glass never broke. After that, I quit researching that. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. uh, Yeah. Yeah. It just, so, you know, I, I quit researching why he had the bronze star on his tombstone. I was even in the process of, calling the vfw to find out why it would be that way and and after that happened i was like drop it (laughs) right some things maybe we're better off not knowing right so that's all i got i'm going back out of here you guys have a great night yeah travis thanks for the call in yeah definitely thanks for the call and there are a number of stories that surround battlefields. Uh, so, yeah, with with the time that he has, because like he said, he, he's done Civil War reenactments for 10 years, maybe even more. And those those uniforms are not cool by any stretch of the imagination. So to be able to be in that sort of heat and feel like you just stepped into somebody's air-conditioned house. In the outdoors. Yeah. Something, something's up there. Yeah. Something's that, up that, there. That always makes you think. I've seen and read other experiences from folks at Gettysburg. And a few years ago, it surfaced, and it's online, but someone was driving through Gettysburg and they had a clip and it is shown very very clearly and they slow it down there were like seven or eight apparitions that appeared to be troop that were ghostly images ran across the road with they were still carrying rifles and it's played and replayed, and it probably can be found again online. Uh, that's kind of spooky looking. Right, yeah, I can see where that would be spooky looking. Definitely. Oh, no. Well. All of the major battlefields have instances of oh, yeah. things like Oh, yeah. And just like we were kind of referring to earlier about those certain stretches of highway all across the country that uh, strange things just happen. Yep. Definitely. But there's been some good stories tonight. Uh, Hopefully, and that one was Travis and his Civil War experiences. So we'll... uh, We'll see what happens. Hopefully there's some people in the chat that they're ready to... uh, Call in Wednesday if this continues. If there's enough, yeah. uh, if there's enough activity, and they say they're going to call in Wednesday, then we'll uh, carry this over to uh, 
We'll carry this over to Wednesday. And then we can announce a winner and a runner-up uh, right. Sunday. Okay. <laughs> and if you guys thought you had some ghost stories and gals, mm-hmm. I'm sure we're, we're liable to hear some ghost stories Sunday that uh, may, may put some of these to shame. Yep, and uh ought to be interesting. Yes, I agree. So, with that in mind, maybe we ought to go ahead and wrap it up so that our our special guest judge doesn't have uh, too much to take in in one shot. Yep, and uh, if you think you got one, call in. It's still wide open, and there's been some great ones tonight, and... and Everybody's had some good stuff there, and we even got a little deja vu out of Mike, and uh, and uh, we know now if you find a bag of bones and clothing that came out of a uh, crypt, we shouldn't take any of it. Right, you probably shouldn't try to take any material home. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And just pretty good stuff. Get you all prepped up looking around on Halloween. Right. Watch out for the chucacabras in the in the middle of the night and the cold spots when you're walking down the path and who knows maybe even grandpa standing in front of your bed. Mm-hmm. That had to be something for her to just flat out move out of the house and refuse to come back for a week. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe yeah. she just thought she needed a vacation for Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Near death experiences. Uh, we got some. We got some good ones out there. So if you got one, bring it on Wednesday night, and then uh, the following Sunday we've got a surprise for you. And he's he's our judge, and uh, we'll let you know how it all works out that Sunday. Right. Yep. So hopefully people bring their A game Wednesday because I'm sure he'll bring his Sunday. Because that, yep, and if you got questions on ghost hunting, this is the guy to talk to. Right, yeah. Sunday, we won't, we won't, uh, we'll be talking a little bit about metal detecting, but we'll be talking about some hunting of a different kind, too. Yep, yep, this guy likes to metal detect, and he's good at it, so, but he's pretty good having a series on Netflix on his paranormal hunting oh yeah and this isn't uh this isn't long ago forgotten or anything this is a relatively fresh series i believe uh last fall actually called 28 days haunted so if you've got netflix it out check it out who knows maybe you'll be able to do some investigation of your own and (laughs) take a stab at who the guest is sunday there you go. All righty, my friend. I'll get out of here. Hey, thanks for all the stories tonight. I know we got more coming. I'm almost sure of it. I'll bet Mr. Hoover's got a story. He just hasn't popped out there and said anything. So, Oh, I'm sure. With that, y'all have a great night. Have a great week. Get out and do some treasure hunting and have fun. Right. Yep, exactly. Talk to you later, my friend. We'll see you, Chuck. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye.
So Wednesday we'll pick this back up. Maybe Mark will have a story to share. He's he Mark's always a good storyteller. And the scary part of it is some of them are actually true. <laughs> oh, but seriously, uh, until the next time, go ahead and and drop the ghosts and pick up the machines and get out there and do some digging, see what you can find. We're out of here. Spooky stories continue Wednesday. Stay spooky, folks. Thank you.